Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. We have a very special episode today, but uh, I am here with the amazing uh, Spring Cooper and... Hi! How are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm great. And we have an extra special show today. This is actually our first time having a guest on the show. Uh, and so today I'm going to introduce you to Jax. Hey, y'all. <laughs> and uh, Jax is a friend of mine who we invited on the show today because we're answering a question about uh, trans sexual partners. And Jax is a friend of mine who identifies as trans and who um, does a lot of activism on their social media. Um, Jax is always posting things uh, to educate their peers about uh, living a trans life and I think it's super exciting the way that I see all of that coming through your Facebook and Instagram and I'm really uh, inspired by the work that you're doing so I wanted you to come on the show and answer this question with us today. Awesome. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, and, and like and I talk about issues of or people with uh, people of trans experience and very various issues they face across spectrum of different all over the I'm very excited. Can you tell I can't even finish the sentence right now? <laughs> um, but I'm really excited to have someone here who can really shed some light on questions. And we get questions about trans health a lot more than I thought we would when we started this podcast, too. So there's a there's a huge need. So um, thank you, Jax. Do you want to introduce yourself? Anything that you want to say before we get started? Um Oh, so just to clarify, um, I'm a trans woman, um, and uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to clarify. <laughs> um, so as a, uh, a trans woman or woman of trans experience, what are your preferred pronouns? They, them, and theirs. That's great. So um, I think it's really important for the people who listen to our show to see that someone who ex who identifies as a trans woman or a woman of trans experience is not necessarily going to use... Uh, she, her, so them, their, theirs. Yes, she, her pronouns make me uncomfortable in a lot of situations, so. Do you want to tell us why that is? Because, let's see, I guess she, her pronouns, I feel like, describe me fairly well, um, but, or I identify with them, but um, I don't always um, come across as trans at all. Sometimes for work, I have to dress masculine or for whatever reason on a certain day I might just not be dressed very feminine and um, since I haven't changed my body at all um, it just it, like the moments when people refer to me as she in front of someone who might not know who I am are uncomfortable for me because then suddenly I'm dealing with this confused person like wondering who the she is. Yeah, cool. You know? So that's what Thank the, you that's for why sharing. I think that there are so many different layers that we have to look into when we're talking about people of trans experience with safety and with jobs and with employment, like all of those different factors. Um, so I think it is important. Um, and right before we started, we were talking about the word preferred pronouns and, and what that actually means. And we've talked about it on previous podcasts. Like, what do you think? Is, sure. is that a question for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so yeah as as we were discussing before we started uh recording 
you know, on the surface, it sounds fine to me, but I think it does kind of, um, there's an implication to the term preferred pronoun that it's a preference, but not, not a demand and not a necessity. And I think that's a problem with the term. I think the way I usually, when I introduce myself, I just say my pronouns are they, them. I don't ever say preferred. So I don't think the term preferred is really necessary. You can just cut that word out and say pronouns are. I think that's great. And I think that if we look at something like sexual orientation, we had the same conversation in the 70s. I mean, we're still having it today that it's not a sexual preference, right? It's a part of who you are. It's a piece of your identity. And I think your pronouns are just as an important part. So I agree. From now on, I'm just going to ask people what their pronouns are, not their preferred. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Cool. Thanks, Jax. So um, we got a question from one of our listeners, um, and I'm going to read the full question, but I'm also going to say uh, what our shortened version of the question is for the podcast. So our title today is, How Do I Make a Trans Partner Comfortable? And the full question that we got um, from somebody was, could you talk a bit about trans sex and how it may differ from heterosexual or straight sex and how I can go about having that initial conversation? I feel shy and somewhat awkward about asking my potential transgender partner how he likes or prefers to have sex because I've typically only had cisgender partners. So... That's what we're addressing today, and we're going to let Jax open that up for us. So, Jax, if I start with that question for you, how do I make a trans partner comfortable, what would you say? So I'm just going to kind of talk as as things come to mind. Um, I would say, first of all, like if we're going through the steps of meeting a, you know, a trans person that you might be interested in, um, I know this is kind of like walking it back a little bit from the the question, but um, I think the best first question is always just, well, after what's your name, like, what are your pronouns? And um, that's always a great, that never really make, well, in my experience, it's always like reassuring and kind of makes my day when somebody asks me instead of assuming. Um, So I think that's a good idea. unless you feel like the person you're talking to is passing or it's important that they, they would like to pass as cisgender in whatever situation they're in, then, and if you think they may be passing and that's important to them, then maybe don't ask in front of other people because then, because you might kind of like quote unquote blow their cover. Um, I, I am starting, I'm sorry, I don't, I, I'm interrupt. I'm, I'm interrupting. I am starting in my life, um, in all the classes that I teach, I ask people pronouns all the time because it's my goal yeah, to too. make it so common and so regular. And so mm-hmm. every single day that someone asks it, that it no longer has the chance of outing someone. If you're just asking everybody all of the time what their pronouns are, so working on it. We're still at right. the beginning. We probably have about 200 years to go before we get there. <laughs> right, right. But that approach wouldn't work so well when you enter a coffee shop you've never been in where no <laughs> one knows you and you ask the trans person their pronouns. <laughs> but, um, but right. Um, anyway, um, but I appreciate that you're doing that in your domain. Um, in your, in um, your little ivory bubble, that's great. <laughs> but yes. Oh, 
okay, so then you ask the pronouns if it seems like a comfortable situation. Um, and um, I would say, you know, if you're interested in this person, um, it's good not to get into, you know, unless they volunteer this information. I don't think it's generally nice to ask um so have you had the surgery or like whatever your intrusive question might be um and it's legitimate to be curious but um it's just not gonna get you anywhere (laughs) it is kind of crazy though that that's the very first question most people ask someone of trans experience they don't ask about who they are as a person or how they feel or how their day was they want to know what's inside the pants. Yeah. So it's like, if you plan on having sex with someone, um, with a trans person, then, and you know, you both are pretty clear on that. Then is a good time to ask questions that might end up revealing that kind of information. Like what kind of, what like makes you comfortable? I mean, that's basically the question that was, that was posed, but like, you can just ask, you can ask your partner what would make you most comfortable sexually what do you like and then their answers will probably illuminate whatever thing you were wondering about anyway so can you tell us um what has helped you feel comfortable in sexual interactions um definitely not being misgendered that's a really important one um I was misgendered recently during a sexual encounter and I kicked the person out of my apartment um, (laughs) because they did it twice. But um, yeah, using the correct pronouns, um, uh, not another experience I've had is where I share that I would like to keep a certain item of clothing on or something throughout throughout the interaction, throughout whatever kind of sex we're having. Um, And I've gotten some impatience, I guess. Like, I I think um, often cis people don't understand what dysphoria is. And, you know, so I'll say something like, I feel much less dysphoric with this top on because it feminizes my upper body or something like that. And I've had, you know, a partner sort of like chuckle and like, oh, we're going to, you know, we'll have that off soon or whatever. And I was and I just had to be like, no, no, actually, we won't. (laughs) Um, And I I didn't like the kind of casual dismissal of something that felt really important to me. Um, So it's good to just like listen to whatever your partner says and heed their words immediately without. I don't know. Just listen yeah. to them and obey. So, I guess. can you can um, you talk a little yeah. bit more? Can you describe what you mean by dysphoric for our listeners a little bit? Um, it's a pretty complicated and diverse array of experiences, really, that fall under dysphoria for me. Um, to me, dysphoria is any feeling of discomfort or pain or anxiety, largely anxiety. Um, or shame that's related to my gender. Um, so, but most often it's a feeling of um, that other people are seeing me as a man and maybe even that I'm seeing myself as a man and I don't want to. Um, and um, 
that my body doesn't represent me sometimes. Those sorts of feelings. I talk about dysphoria uh, pretty frequently, uh, especially with young people, and a lot of them have questions. And it's often hard for people to really uh, clearly tell talk, talk about what it means to them. So the way that I describe it, as I said, what I try to tell people is that we all have some level of dysphoria where we don't feel like we are male or female or something else enough. Um, and if you talk to most people, that they can come up with examples where they're doing things to feel more X, Y, or Z, whatever it is, whether they're wearing the prettier dress or they feel like they have to wear the baseball hat, right? Like the, the straight cis man, cisgender means that you identify with the sex you're born at and your gender that you were assigned at birth. Um, like uh, the, they do things to feel more male, right? And that's because I think that there's this base level of dysphoria that I think most most people have some level of it. And then people who are trans, not only do they have dysphoria, they feel it typically towards the other side of the gender spectrum, right? So not they're not trying to reify or they're not trying to be more like a gender. They, they are the other side than what they were assigned at birth. So it's a, a much bigger distance for them to get to to get to comfort. Yeah, and typically much more dysphoria. So, and then I guess I'm thinking of other things that make that could make a, a potential trans partner feel more comfortable. Um, you know, so I'm, my personal experience is that I'm actually comfortable using the typical terms for my anatomy. So I have a penis, I'm comfortable calling it that or whatever slang you want to come up with. Um, you know, I like it. I want to keep it around. Um, but some trans women aren't comfortable with, you know, referring to their genitals as a penis. Um, so you might want to ask your partner how they like to be their genitals to be referred to. Um, that's always a good idea. And the same thing goes for trans men. Um, you know, they might anatomically have a vagina, but not want to um, be referred to that way. So... Um, I think that's an important conversation. One of my very best friends is a trans man, and he has about a hundred different words that he refers to to talk about his anatomy, but things like front hole or man cave or dozens of different terms that make him comfortable, mm -hmm. but it, he does not ever want any of the anatomical like vagina or, or other similar kind of words used to describe his anatomy. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, again, like the most important thing is just to ask open-ended questions um, to your partner. Like what would make you, like not so much leading questions, but just very open-ended questions. Like what would make you feel good and comfortable? <laughs> um, is there anything that would make you uncomfortable? Um, those kinds of things. Um, and then also um, it's really important it's nice to hear like gender affirming things like um, I like it when a partner tells me I'm pretty or beautiful. Um, those kind of things. Um, and maybe like a trans man might like to hear that he's really handsome. Um, and, or like highlight other characteristics that are typically associated with whatever, you know, gender they identify as. Um, 
and then and also it's important to like to it sticks out to me when friends correct other people about my pronouns and it feels really shitty when my friends which happens more often more often my friends ignore when other people um misgender me and so i become the only one that's continuously sounding argumentative and like correcting people um but it would work a lot better if my friends would just correct people um so definitely i would expect that from my partner great so um and i we talked a little bit about this on the episode uh where we did discuss preferred pronouns so we said also if someone makes a mistake we would expect them to apologize and correct it as soon as possible as well Yes. And, um, oh, this is something that most cis people don't realize. I have this conversation over and over again with ally cis people, like, you know, like who want to be allies to trans people where, you know, I tell them they haven't even gendered me at all. I've just met them. And I just announced like, I'm Jax. My pronouns are they, them. And then they immediately start apologizing. Like, they kind of assume that the only reason I would tell them my pronouns is because <laughs> they messed up and I'm like correcting them and offended. And I think if people could just be a little less touchy and what they end up doing is putting the focus on making me sort of an other like weird person and also putting the focus on them instead of the conversation we should have been having, which would have been a normal conversation. And they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry wow, that's great. Oh, I have a trans friend, you know, and I'm like, I love LGBT people. And, you know, my cousin is gay. And I'm like, okay, shut up. I just met you. I really don't care about your relative. I All I wanted to do was have like whatever conversation you normally have at a bar um, and for you to know my pronouns so that you can use them. And so also when you mess up and, and I correct you, I don't want you to descend into this self-hating spiral, which is sort of a performance to make yourself feel better. You're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I feel so awful. And you go on and on about it. And I'm sitting there bored thinking, why are we wasting time on this? All I want from you is, oh, I'm sorry. I'll use your pronouns. And then we keep going, you know, like that's, that's a, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. I think that's a great point to not overemphasize it. And that's, part of this normalizing like Andrew was talking about of uh, talking to people about their pronouns and talking to people about what they want and what they expect from their friends and from their partners. And I, I kind of like how all the things that Jack is that that you're bringing up today, Jax, it echoes so well with many of our other podcasts that open communication, asking people what they like, being a giving intimate partner. I mean, the same kind of messages hold true across all of the different categories that we've been talking about. And and when we're talking of someone of trans experience, we just add to the list of all of those questions and expectations that gender is a part of that conversation that people are having as well. So uh, I think we're starting to wrap this up. Jax, do you have, is there anything else you want to say to our listener um, about how they can make their potential trans partner comfortable? I've got nothing else on the tip, the tip of my tongue right now. That sounds like a <laughs> sex joke about to start. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm never gonna I was leave like, do we leave this? Do we run with this? What are we? <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. I've got one more thing, actually. One thing that gets to me is that a lot of people, um, I think it's a narrative that's been fed to people, you know, subtly and not subtly for a long time, is that um, trans people have a certain sexual or are attracted to a certain gender, for example trans women are thought to be like what quote unquote wanting to be a woman is thought to be a sign that you want to be attract you're you're doing this because you want to be attractive for men which is ridiculous and um you know i typically my partners are generally female um and a lot of trans women are mostly interested in women um because they're generally much more respectful and open partners um and more beautiful but uh sorry i just have to like dump on, <laughs> so, I just have to dump on yeah. men a little every chance i can get but um <laughs> but yeah so just don't assume that trans women you know want to suck your penis or something um because we don't i think in a future um, episode we're gonna have that big talk about how sexual orientation and biological sex and gender and gender identity and gender presentation are all different and they don't necessarily align, but all those big yes. societal assumptions you're talking about are saying that as soon as one of them goes to one category, someone expects all of them to kind of fall in line. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And I just want to mention that as Jax was uh, giving a little uh, exposition on gender, I was like raising the roof and Andrew was like angrily shaking his head, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the support. <laughs> so, so I think that brings us to our period for the day. Uh, so today we have a silly joke, uh, and so I'll ask the joke, and you guys let me know what you think. Um, the question is: Is Google male or female? Uh, neither, because gender is... No, just sorry. I've got no idea. <laughs> female. <laughs> female, because it doesn't let you finish a sentence before making a suggestion. Oh. <laughs> I'm shaking my head angrily again. Gender in all of its aspects always fills me with angst. Ugh. Yes, we know that's not funny because we don't want to make assumptions about gender no matter what they are, but... It's a silly joke because we're giving Google a gender. You know, I think Andrew proves that concept wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening today. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with us, Jax. We really appreciate uh, all that you had to contribute to what we were talking about with uh, people of trans experience and how to make them comfortable during sex. Um, or what, what we didn't say during sex. We said how to make them comfortable. I added the during sex. Uh, how to make them more comfortable in dating and relationships and intimacy and sex. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you have any questions for us at all, um, or if you have a question for Jax, we'll be willing to forward it uh, to them as well. But you can uh, email us at thesexwrap at gmail.com. That's wrap with a W. You can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the sex rap. Bye guys. All right, thank you for having Bye, me. And you know I'm just I'm just kidding you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af- blah, 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 blah.
Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi. I've won The Voice six times. There is life beyond Blake. I want to be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Your turn, Blake. (laughs) Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere of Manifest, tonight on NBC.